When you were a child, did your parents ever ask you, what do you want for Christmas? Okay, I'm glad to see some of you are nodding, because that means you had normal childhood. The rest of you, I'm really sorry that that never happened for you. (laughs) Anyhow, yeah, uh, I think that's a pretty normal question here in American culture. Uh, We ask our kids that. Uh, I remember when I was a boy, my mom would have my sister, my brothers, and me sit down, and we would, we would write a list of all of our, our wants for Christmas. And, and we would flip through the Sears catalog. You, you remember the Sears catalog? Yeah. Um, uh, this was back before the internet, kids. Uh, there was no Amazon. There was no eBay. No Etsy. Uh, none, none of those things. We flipped pages. It was work. Ah. We couldn't throw, scroll through screens. They, they didn't exist yet. Um, and I know that some of you younger people here, that, that's kind of stretching your imagination. Um, but uh, we copied those lists by hand, and then we sent them in the mail. No email, no text messages to grandma and grandpa. We, we didn't have to use telegraph anymore. I mean, we could send in the mail. It was okay. Um, and then the waiting began, Right? And we waited, and we looked forward to Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and the question always was, would we get what we asked for? Would we get that thing that we wanted? You know, the Star Wars action figure, or the really cool remote control car? Or would we get a wool sweater and slacks? Now that I'm a, a dad, my, my wife and I, we have, we have five kids. Here they are. A couple years ago. Um, the oldest is now 20 and the youngest is 12. Um, now we're the ones asking you that question. What do you want for Christmas? And, and it's an interesting thing, the way that dynamic switches. And as I was thinking about this message and as I was thinking about standing up here in front of you this evening... I kind of find myself wondering as I look out and I ask, I wonder what they want for Christmas. I wonder what, what, what brought you here. What, what drew you to this place? And what is it that, that you hope to get out of this, this time that we have here tonight? I, I know that the Christmas Eve service has a lot of sentimental meaning for people. There are memories in this room of when you were children, like my children in the picture there. The glowing candle lighting their faces with wonder, and they think about not just the moment, but what are the presents that are waiting for them, maybe at home. There are remembrances in this room tonight of singing these beautiful Christmas carols with our grandmas and grandpas, maybe with parents who are already in heaven and are no longer with us here on earth. There there are memories of good times, memories of sad times. And there are some of you who are here simply because you know it means a lot to somebody and you came for their sake. And it's because you love them that you are here. And frankly, that's a beautiful thing. There's there's a lot of history wrapped up in this service. 
deeply personal experiences. You know, we could all use a little more comfort and joy in our lives. No wonder Johnny Mathis, you know, he, he sang this song. I think he's the first one to sing it. We need a little Christmas right this very minute. And who can resist the, the hope, the generosity, the childlike wonder that has, has become such a great part of Christmas? And I think that there's part of us that becomes nostalgic for the days when visions of sugar plums danced in our heads and people we loved asked us, what do you want for Christmas? So what do you want for Christmas? We've had that question asked of us across our lives. It's kind of an interesting experience when, you know, our kids start getting older and they ask that of us as parents. You know, my kids ask me, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, nothing. I get you presents. You don't get, you know what I'm talking about, dads? It's kind of a switch that takes place there. It's a different perspective on the question. But maybe there's yet another perspective, yet another angle that we need to consider this question. What do you want for Christmas? an angle that we need to think about this from. And I wonder what kind of answer we would get if we asked God, what do you want for Christmas? You know, don't you, that this whole, this whole Christmas thing was, was his idea, right? He started all of these things that, that we're celebrating. And he started it by giving us a, a gift, Isaiah talks about it this way, this gift that he gives. He says that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For unto you, unto us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If we were to ask God, what do you want for Christmas, God? His answer is this. He says, I want to give you this. I want to give you my son. I want to give you my son because he is light in the darkness. In the Bible, darkness, it represents sin and all of the things that sin does that impacts our lives. Darkness is rebellion against God. It's ignorance and apathy about him. And ultimately, darkness is death. And as light drives away dark, Jesus drives our sin away as he shows us who God really is. That he is our creator who loves us and he wants to bless us who wants to shower us with blessings and love and fill our lives with forgiveness, wisdom, new life, healing, peace, and joy. Do you want the gift that God is giving? Have you thought about what it means for God to give us his son? Have any of you ever seen the movie Talladega Nights? I'm hearing some chuckling even before I even say anything about this. Uh, There's a scene in this movie. I've never seen it. I've only heard about it. 
no, I've seen it, is blasphemously funny. Um, So there's the scene in this movie, Talladega Night, um, where the main character, played by by Will Ferrell, um, does the, uh, the supper prayer, right? And he prays to baby Jesus, tiny Jesus with golden fleece diapers and tiny balled up fists. And he prays this way. He, it actually turns into a theological conversation, doesn't it? He prays this way because he likes the baby Jesus best, he says. Not the grown-up Jesus, not the Jesus with a beard. And this is an extreme example of, of what I fear happens sometimes when we approach Jesus. How we receive God's gift at Christmas. We love baby Jesus asleep in the hay. The grown-up Jesus, bearded Jesus, the Jesus who suffered and died on the cross to, to pay for our sins. Do we want him? But that's the gift. That's the gift that God gives. It's not just this one moment. It's this whole life. It's all of the sacrifice, the giving up of heaven, the the giving up of divinity to become human, to live among us. And the whole purpose for living among us is so that he can bear our sins to the cross, to die in our places, to atone for our sins, and so that he could rise from the dead to give us new and everlasting life. That's the gift that God is giving tonight. And when God gives a gift... It doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of it or at the end of it. The gift is as good as given. And so we celebrate Jesus' birth because he's giving us salvation here tonight. And as soon as God promises, the thing is as sure as done. And so the angels said to the shepherd, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's the Savior from darkness and death, a light shining to reveal God's love. He is the Christ. That that means he's the anointed one. He's the chosen one. He's the Messiah, the one that God appointed and selected for a very important work, to grow up, to win God's salvation for us through his obedience and his self-sacrifice, obedience that led him to death, even death on a cross. He is the Lord, God in human flesh. This is the gift that God wants to give you. His son, a savior, a Christ, a Messiah, a Lord. Do you want the gift? Or or does that part of Christmas kind of feel like when grandma and grandpa gave you the wool sweater and the slacks? I mean, yeah, it's nice. The gift is given out of love. But I'd kind of rather have the action figures. The happy songs, the nostalgia, the candlelight, the glowing faces. I'd rather have sweet baby Jesus. And the other stuff, maybe we just put that off to the side. Or do you want what the angels are actually talking about tonight? The angel said to you, as he says to the shepherd, shepherds, fear not. The Savior is born. Is there fear and anxiety in our world? 
in our country, in our lives? Yeah, yeah, there is. And this message rings out, fear not. Why? Because I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Jesus' birth is good news because he comes to be our Savior. Not because it's just a sweet moment. Actually, if you think about it, it's kind of a horrible moment, right? My parents used to say, were you born in a barn? And that was an insult. Right? It's good news because Jesus comes to be our Savior. It's good news because he was born to rescue us from darkness of sin, which causes our fear. It's good news because this baby is God who has come to us to dwell among us, to be, become human, to face sin and death and to defeat them. Jesus' birth gives great joy because, because he shows us that God wants us, that he loves us, and he does not abandon us. He doesn't leave us in the darkness. In fact, he enters the darkness to find us and to lead us through it. And this is good news for all people, including you. What do you want for Christmas? God gives you his son, his love, his forgiveness, his salvation. Those are pretty amazing gifts. Do you want them? Do you need them? I know I do. Believe in baby Jesus, who grew up, who was crucified, who rose from the dead, who ascended into heaven for you, who is coming again for you. Believe in him. He is the key to God's love, forgiveness, and salvation for you. Amen.